Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Research, reporting, industry analysis, information, and tokenomics. Welcome to Thriller Insights. exciting episode of thriller insights today is september 6 2020 and we are talking post labor day 50 50 that's right there's a lot going on uh this week here in the crypto space and the bitcoin space and i feel like this is uh, one of those most important episodes that you get in before uh labor day kicks off tomorrow so we're gonna talk about several things here at the top of the show and it has more to do with what i'm watching Right. There's so many different components these days that that really um, shapes the way we look at Bitcoin and understand the the markets in general. And I feel as time goes on, I've I've seen um, just the regular stock market play a role here uh, in Bitcoin space. Uh, And we also see even the DeFi market play a role here in the Bitcoin space. And so you have these highly manipulated markets. Um, you know, in the S&P 500 and in the regular uh, securities markets. And then you have a highly, um, you know, manipulated market here in the DeFi space. And, you know, something like the Bitcoin space, you know, other than Tether, we really have something that's uh, really playing on a level playing field, especially now since we've seen a lot of uh, BitMEX uh, trading gone down over the course of, you know, uh, the past uh, 12 months. So with all that being said, these are a couple of things that I'm watching that kind of have me uh, in this situation where I'm kind of 50 50 on what's going to happen here with Bitcoin. And the reason I say that is primarily we're looking very similar to what it looked like here pre-March 12th. Uh, right before the whole thing, you know, fell to the fell to the floor, and th- we're kind of seeing the same thing happen again here in the charts. We have multiple traders saying the same thing. Willie Wu being one of them, Trading Shop being one of them. So there's already talk about a possible drop here happening either on Labor Day or after Labor Day. So I want to make sure we get this out so that way you guys are far ahead everybody else and then can make those decisions. So the first thing I want to talk about is of course the 50-50 part of this. So with a as much being said about how the market's going to drop, there's just as much being said about how the market's going to go up. And this is where, you know, it really frustrates me as a as a holder of Bitcoin, because you really are set in this kind of uh, you don't know which way to go. So that's why I'm going to present the facts to y'all and then I'll let y'all decide on your own and then I'll give you my take on what I think is going to happen. So first off, we have the Federal Reserve. We know it's currently printing more and, and it's faster than ever. You know, And while the U.S. dollar remains structurally strong relative to other currencies around the world, the ongoing you know quanti- quantitative easing or QE forever, as we're calling it, measures have attracted the attention of investors who may be wary of monetary inflation. This is good for Bitcoin. This is good for gold. This is good for old money coming into our space. And, you know, it's crazy because if you just look at the Federal Reserve and I'll put two, I'll put two, two graphs here in the show notes. But if you look at the, the M2 money stock and you can see it just go completely up here in 2020. And then if you look at the velocity of that M2 money stock, it goes completely down here in 2020. And that just goes to show you that the money's getting distributed out there. It's just not leaving the hands of the very few at the top. Um, that's just a plain example of that. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating. If so, you, so if you have friends or family who are like, 
you know, I don't believe you when, when you say, you know, they're printing money and, and it's not it's not and it's not it's not going anywhere. Just show them this from the Federal Reserve and they will see how the money has literally stopped. There's no velocity to it anymore. It's, it's literally staying in the hands of the very few. So with all that being said, we also have China. Right. And this is going to be bullish for Bitcoin because they are reducing its holdings of U.S. Treasury bonds. They're basically saying we're not going to play this game anymore of the United States just printing money and them, you know, living uh, a very, you know, amazing life over there, especially when it's, the you know, one to 10 percent of, of the very few. And so right now they have they have a current level of, of more than one trillion dollars in U.S. Treasury bonds. And there's already talks of them you know, liquidating here. <laughs> Ultimately, they're going to release their digital yawn later this year. It's already been tested, and I think it's even rolled out to some parts of the country. But um, once they do that, they really um, have very little reason to hold U.S. Treasury bonds. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But this is happening right now. Um, we also have some really interesting news when it comes to Bitcoin. So there is reports of Bitcoin miners selling and actual Bitcoin headed onto exchanges, right? So there's an inflow of Bitcoin headed to an exchange. And so when usually when this happens, we saw a large migration of that happen right before March 12th, March 13th, when the whole thing just tanked, right? So this looks like that's happening again. Uh, that is something to be uh, wary of, right? Uh, especially when you're seeing a large portion of that, um, you know, enter these exchanges because it means they're probably going to sell. So that is happening. We also saw we also saw Bitcoin take a nosedive this week where it went from like 11.6. I think it was even at 12K and then it punched all the way down just under 10K, you know, in a matter of hours. And it lost a lot of support levels on the way down, you know, and there was like 348 million in Bitcoin contracts, you know, had been liquidated in the last 72 hours. And, and it's well on its path to fill a CME gap set at 9700 since July. And um, with all this going on, it's it's clearly obvious that either pull-in or slush pool or how BTC have taken the Bitcoins out of the mining wallets and sold onto an exchange. Now, whether all that came from this nosedive and it's already been done, right? Um, or it's about to be done again, or, or what we're seeing now is kind of a domino effect where that happens. They wait to see if the rest of the market sells along with them. It doesn't. So they hold off and then they wait again. So a lot of different scenarios you'll see there. And this is where it pays <laughs> to know exactly how this space works, because you see these kind of ploys happen time and time again. So that's something to be aware of as well, too. And then when it comes to the bullish news, Warren Buffett's making the news again. And it's kind of interesting because this happened, you know, mid-August where uh, Berkshire Hathaway joined the whole gold rush theme, right? And it didn't really, I guess it kind of caught on the crypto space, but not a lot of people reported. I, I didn't report on it because I didn't think it was necessary. But you're starting to see this this claim uh, re kind of gurgitate again <laughs> this week. And it's kind of funny because usually when that happens, uh, this is where it's good being in the <laughs> in the news cycle space. So a little inside baseball here with how it works in the crypto space and the new space, at least since my time doing it for about four years at this point. 
what you'll see is you'll see a PR company reach out to you and they'd be like, hey, Carr, I uh, just thought I'd send you over this article. Hopefully you didn't miss it. And it'll be like the Warren Buffett thing. Right. And then what they'll say is um, just want to make sure you're up to date on what's going on in the gold space, blah, 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 blah. And it usually won't be from a PR company from Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, sometimes it'll be from the PR company for the, 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 the actual magazine or the website that's actually doing the article. Right. In this instance, what you're seeing again here is this kind of article make the rounds again this week. So that leads me to believe something else is headed uh, on its way this week from Berkshire Hathaway or from Warren Buffett or a big statement coming. Uh, it's usually to give people forewarning of what's what's ahead. What's interesting is we have Max Kaiser saying some really important things here. And I want you to listen to what he says because he's actually talking to Cointelegraph in this interview and he mentions the whole Warren Buffett gold thing. Take a listen. Right. Well, I've been following uh, Warren Buffett's career since I started on Wall Street back in the early 1980s. So I know his methodology and his career uh, pretty well. You know, he was always uh, bashing gold. He hate, hated gold. And uh, in the meantime, you know, he built huge positions in banks. Uh, he's a guy who made lost money on the airlines twice, not just recently with American Airlines and Delta and others. But going back 20 years, he made a huge bet on U.S. air and it was a catastrophe for him. Uh, he is somebody who's underperformed the S&P, uh, the index for 15 years. He's sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars worth of cash and he's ending his career as a bit of a failure. So to try to salvage what he can of, of Berkshire and his career, he finally did a mea culpa and said, you know what? I was wrong about gold. I need to own some gold. I need exposure to gold. So he's moving into barrack gold. And this will be the beginning of a huge transition out of financials, which he dumped recently into gold. And then therefore, um, he will soon be moving into Bitcoin or whoever takes his place. Because remember, he's 90 years old now. So whoever takes Warren's place over there at Berkshire Hathaway will be moving into gold. You know, they've been about 10, 15 years behind the curve. They were very late to get into Apple. They were very late to get into Amazon. They hated tech during the entire tech boom of the last 20 years. So they're about 10 years behind the times. So I figured that once he gets a, a, a gold position, uh, he'll move into Bitcoin. Uh, he's he's going to mimic what Paul Tudor Jones, who is 10 times smarter and 100 times smarter than anybody else on Wall Street, recently said that Bitcoin is the fastest horse in the race and comparing it to gold. He loves Bitcoin over gold. He's got a position in Bitcoin. So uh, all these major money managers, old legacy money managers, are starting to move into Bitcoin as an extension of their move into gold as a way to get out of the dumpster fire that is the U.S. dollar. Right, right. So uh, I, I, I hear you. But uh, at the same time, I have to point out that uh, Warren Buffett bought uh, gold and not Bitcoin. So what's your, your rationale is uh, that... Because gold and Bitcoin are synonymous. They're the same thing. One is digital gold and one is the yellow metal gold that you dig out of the ground. They're both gold. Right. And so now we have a major player who is m moving away from the one for 50 years. He's been bashing gold. Now he's into gold. So now we because of inflation, because of fiat money, because we, we understand now that the dollar is going the way of the Venezuelan Boulevard. So now you have to protect your assets. And so gold and Bitcoin are the go to assets for 
for preservation, for protection. So Buffett is signaling to the market that he quit the pretending that he knows what he's doing when it comes to financials and managing money. He's given up. He quit. He essentially walked off the playing field. He sold all of his airlines at a huge loss and he's retiring. He's toast. He's done. He, 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 he's ended his career on a horrible note. <laughs> so that's Max being Max. But uh, what's interesting is, so you have Max covering this kind of same topic with Warren Buffett, and it, it definitely draws to Bitcoin space. And it's something that we should all be paying attention to. But I still can't get my finger off of the fact that, you know, this this is still making the rounds in, in the new space. I just think it's a very peculiar time to do that. Uh, which also leads me to this next piece of news that has already made the rounds, but it's still in the back of my head. It's kind of bothersome in a way. But George Ball, the chief executive of investment firm Sanders, Morris and Harris and the former chief executive of Prudential Securities, you know, basically changed his tune when it came to Bitcoin. Uh, he switched from being a Bitcoin opponent is what he called it in the interview to an advocate and warning people will begin to turn to Bitcoin after Labor Day on September 7th. So he's outright saying that Bitcoin's going to make a run here among traditional investors after Labor Day and take a listen to his statement on that. Well, the the market right now is what people want to call the summer doldrums. Um, really, I think the market is suffering from the boredom of a, a set of knowns. Uh, COVID will be with us through the first quarter of next year. There will be a vaccine. Um, you've got uh, a wash of liquidity, which is really what's driving and holding the stock market up right now. The risk of a, an election, but really with 71% probability that uh, that Biden will win, 29% probability that Trump will win. That's, that's pretty much a, a given right now. So the market's looking for or is waiting for a new spark. Uh, and that spark's likely to come into ignite as it often does right after Labor Day. So the time to reposition the portfolio is before the fuse is lit or when the fuse is lit and hasn't expanded, uh, exploded yet, which is probably now. I've never said this before, and I've always been a a blockchain, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin uh, uh, opponent. Uh, but if you look right now, the government can't stimulate the markets forever. The liquidity flood will end. Um, and sooner or later, the government's got to start paying for some of the stimulus for some of the deficits for some of the, the well-deserved, very smart subsidies that it's providing to people. Are they going to raise taxes that high? Or if not, are they going to print money? If they print money, uh, that debases the currency. And probably even things like TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, can be corrupted. So the very wealthy investor or the trader uh, probably turns to Bitcoin or something like it uh, as a staple. Um, and then the notion isn't to hide or to, uh, to, to seek a, a tax refuge, but to have something that, that can't be uh, undermined by the government and that won't become worthless if the currency becomes worthless, or at least if enough Robin Hooders happen to believe that. If the Robin Hooders don't want to trade stocks as they have, where are they going to put their money? Uh, there are no yields today. And so 
Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency becomes a very attractive, uh, either long term, I want to make a, a, a safe uh, haven for my money or a short term speculative bet. Uh, and I think it, it's a, a good I think it's where many people will turn uh, after Labor Day, Fred. So there's a lot of this kind of 50 50 on just the market in general. Right. Um, and for the most part, all this news is, is bullish news for Bitcoin. But yet we still see the charts and, and the charts aren't lying. Right. Um, we have some prominent traders out there saying that there is an imminent drop uh, occurring. And we'll dive into the charts here in coin analysis. And when they say imminent drop, they mean a very similar drop that we saw here on March 12th. So with all this being said, what is my take on all this? Well, I, I tend to think that right now in the space, we are really headed towards bullish times. Um, typically, when I'm uncertain of what the market's going to do, I usually zoom out, right? And I try to understand like, where is the whole market cap in general going? And if you look at the coin market cap, you can see that we were literally at just above 400 billy, um, not not even not even a week ago. Uh, we were close to crossing the 400 billy mark, and what we're seeing now is complete opposite, right? We're seeing it go from this high 400 billy to just under 336 billy right now, and. If we were to head towards this major drop that a lot of uh, prominent traders are are saying, then we would need to lose 100 billion uh, in the market cap. That's what we that's what we lost that day. We lost just above 110 billion. So if we were going to go to 110 billion, that would put us at around 236 billion, maybe 220 billion. Uh, and on March 12th, we were at 140. No, I'm sorry, 135 billion. We were in a, a very bad place on March 12th of 2020. It was about 135 billion. So even if even if hypothetically we do see this imminent drop, right, and this does occur, we're only going to be just above 210 billion, and that still puts us right around where we were just before the halving. Uh, so. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, especially if the allocation goes back to Bitcoin. And usually when you start seeing the market contract, usually all roads go back to Bitcoin. So you start seeing money flow back to Bitcoin as a hedge. And this is where I always say, you know, you know, in this space, you can make a lot of money with altcoins. But uh, the vast majority of those altcoins, you know, it's best to put it back into Bitcoin because that's where you're going to have true, true value at. Right. Uh, this is why I like to always say that with Bitcoin, you have yourself a reserve asset for the Internet and for its uh, <laughs> its Internet securities, which are all these protocols, right? All these tokens. So I look at it kind of like that. So I, I really am not afraid of this imminent drop just because I've already done the math. And if we do drop, it'll be, you know, to about 210 billion which will put us right around right before the halving of May, which is still not where we were, you know, <laughs> in March. In March, it was really bad. It was like really bad. Do I think we'll see a drop back like we did in March? I don't think so. I, I think pre-halving made sense, right? Uh, but post-halving with uh, the, the miners uh, already having sold here and a lot of them already dropping off, I think it would be... Um, I think it would be in their best interest to not sell anymore, which is probably why you don't see them selling uh, unless they're waiting for tomorrow. We'll see. Tomorrow's going to be an interesting day. I'm going to be watching it all day. 
I'm going to be it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Uh, or even Tuesday might be that day as well, too. Maybe everybody will take off tomorrow. Who knows? Um, so that's where kind of where I'm seeing it. And then to give you kind of what I'm going to do either way, 50 50, I take the contrarian view on a lot of things. And that's how I've always made uh, more Bitcoin. <laughs> I think I think when you don't take the contrarian view in a space like this, um, it's real easy to to get liquidated, you know, uh, which is why there's a lot of people that were you know, heavily invested into some of these DeFi coins like Sushi and Melon and Yams and all this stuff. And I, I didn't want any part of it uh, just because at that point, what you're seeing is it's just a running scam. Right. And we'll talk about more about that this week. Uh, we're going to do a thriller rundown on it. What I will say is that I've always taken the contrarian view to a lot of things, so whether that's uh, here in the Bitcoin or crypto space or whether that's just in, in you know, in, in the regular market space and the regular markets right now, the contrarian view is Bitcoin. Uh, there's too many people out there that think the Fed is going to be able to print this way out of this. Too many people out there think everything's going to be OK. I'll take the other bet. I'll take it going the other way. I, I don't think that's going to be I don't think that's going to be right. I, I think there's too many smart people who've already done the math, uh, who are way smarter than I am, who've already looked at the macro hedges in the world that you could derive wealth from. And they've already kind of allocated there. And a lot of them are going towards Bitcoin, a lot of them are going towards gold. And so to me, it makes the most sense to hold my Bitcoin during this time and to double down on it. And that's what I've been doing. As far as the crypto and Bitcoin space, there's a lot of hype driven in this DeFi space. That was where we took the contrarian view, because at the time in June and May and July, there's a lot of people that were not really against DeFi. They just didn't think it was going to be anything. And at the time, I was like, no, this is we're going to have DeFi season. This is going to be a thing and <laughs> really drilled it into y'all's heads that, hey, we're like, this is going to be a thing that where you're going to be able to, you know, to double some Bitcoin here. And uh, some of you took advantage of that. Some of you did not uh, I myself, I took advantage of that because it was a contrarian view at the time. There is too many people going against it. So, of course, you're going to make, you know, uh, play on something like that because the contrarian view doesn't always pay out but when it does it's significant right and so i was able to get some nice size chunk of bitcoin just from playing the DeFi space here in june and july but quickly as i saw everybody move over there and i think it was probably when it got to like four or five billion where i realized yeah this isn't the contrarian view anymore this is uh the standard at this point right this is where everybody's moving into so this is probably a time for me to exit uh, and now we're seeing this kind of move back into Bitcoin. And I think this is where the market contracts a little bit. Do I think it's going to fall? I kind of hope it does. I kind of hope we get $8,400 Bitcoin. I'll have money waiting on the sidelines to, to buy in at that price because I really want to conserve my wealth uh, in Bitcoin. And I don't think, you know, fiat is going to cut it this decade, <laughs> especially United States dollar. So, yeah, I have I have money waiting on the sidelines to enter in if Bitcoin falls to 8400 this week um, or even 7200 this week. Right. If it doesn't, then cool. I'm holding it either way. I'll probably wait, you know, but I'm not going to sell my Bitcoin right now or try to make a trade because uh, it could go the opposite way. Right. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with my headspace right now is I'm taking the contrarian view as far as Bitcoin and the rest of the markets in the world. And I'm saying, 
I'll take that bet. I'll go the other way. I'll bet on Bitcoin. You bet on your securities. We'll see who wins, you know, three to four years from now. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Let's get into coin analysis. That's right. Let's do it. this chart here by trading shot one of the best you know charters in the space I, I i really you know besides him and willie Wu, those are really the only two people that i uh you know when it comes to bitcoin i really want to get their their input before i before i make any kind of decision uh and that's saying a lot you know because i there's so many people that you could listen to uh but usually those two are the are the ones i want to I want to see first before we start looking at some of these other guys that I follow. Um, so with that being said, Trading Shot has a new chart here. And this COVID collapse that happened uh, by the massive Wall Street liquidation on March 12th, um, gosh, it's looking very similar to what's you know happening right now. Uh, and, and you see this chart, you're going to be like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's like it's like seeing a it's like seeing a hurricane into the Gulf. You're just like, whoa. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of things going against Bitcoin as far as the chart. Uh, you know, not only the, the former sequence of the low in 2019 uh, to the sell offs here that got recovered in late April. But, you know, this current sell off that we're seeing is kind of kind of weird in a way. Yeah, we were close to 400 Billy. Um but it's kind of weird to see that kind of happen right now. Ultimately, I will say, though, October, November is still looking set up to be pretty good unless some kind of catastrophe happens. And, you know, unless we see some kind of major, you know, um, you know, worldwide, you know, you know, uh, you know, thing happen to where it affects everybody. I really don't see Bitcoin straying away from this kind of secondary channel that it already has kind of set up for itself. Uh, and that's this channel where it's literally going to be going up into this 13, 14 K range here in October and November. I, I, I just don't see anything going away from that unless we unless there is some kind of, you know, <laughs> crazy worldwide uh you know maybe aliens come or <laughs> you know what i mean guys like it, it would literally have to be something significant like what we saw here in march where it really crashed everything but you know that could happen that could happen because of china you know selling off its treasury bills uh it, you know that that could occur something, something like that could happen to where you'll see markets sell off or you could just have a lot of greedy people out there sell off all at once and then knowing that the fed will re-liquidate uh, the entire market all over again so you could see that greediness occur again too um, that's one thing that kind of scares me, especially when in a manipulated market like the stock market these days, you really don't know how these guys are going to play the game because um, it's 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 pretty bad when it becomes manipulated like that. It's just the, the greed is there. So right now I see I see Bitcoin, you know, doing this thing where it wants to fall below this, you know, kind of trend line 
of, you know, ninety eight. $10,200. And we're seeing that right now it's at $10,212. And, you know, according to what trading shot says, unless we can kind of swing by here in the next few days where we kind of break out of this and that could happen, right? If we get to September 15th, then I would say we're, we're safe, right? Especially if we're in the 10, eight, 10, nine range, then I would say we're safe. But if, if we, if we kind of keep in this range of $10,200, $9,800 range, then we might see that collapse back down to $8,400, $8,600. And then from there, that's the only thing holding it up um, until we get back down to this $7,200, $7,400 range. So just be careful about that. I want you all to be informed so that way you're not kind of caught off guard by what could happen and that way you're not freaking out. And you also have to remember that whenever it gets like this and you're unsure of something and it's 50-50, you really have to zoom out, right? Uh, it's not until you zoom out where you start seeing everything fall into place. And even zooming out right now, we can see that, yes, we're in this $10,200 range, you know, $9,800 range. And if you look back here in 2017, 2016, we were in a very similar situation where it went here on August, you know, I want to say it was August 1st, 2016. It went it went from seven hundred and seventy dollars Bitcoin to right around eh, just above four hundred and ninety dollars. It dropped three hundred dollars. And back then that was a huge swing. Um, and what occurred afterwards is it went slowly back up right and by january of 2017 we were back at a thousand dollars we were back at seven hundred dollars you know two months later in november so even if we do see a swing like that this has happened before <laughs> you know just look back at 2016 uh where it fell back down to 84 or i'm sorry it fell back down and then it came right back up a month later two months later so this is not a new thing for Bitcoin. And this drop that we've seen since 2018 uh, and on our trek back to 20K, because that's ultimately where we're headed back to, right? Um, this is not a bad thing. <laughs> like we are actually doing a lot better than we probably should. You know, honestly, if we even went back down to this $8,400 range and hung out there for the next, you know, three or four months, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> honestly, it's not. Do we want that? No, because people get excited when they see Bitcoin over 10K, right? That's why we don't want that. But in reality, it allows other people to stack up, right? Get more sets. But I will say, we'll be back to normal here in November, October, December. And it'll be like none of this ever happened. Let's get into future predictions. Highly speculative token analysis. These are future predictions. So today in Future Predictions is going to be a surprising one for a lot of y'all because uh, ultimately, you know, we usually preach on here. You want to hold Bitcoin and that's what you want to do. So that's what I'm going to say in Future Predictions. Even as we go through this downturn for Bitcoin, if that does happen, where we get to this $8,400 range, $9,200 range, if it stays at 10, 10K um, here in the short term, 
make sure you're loading up on that, right? Like make sure you're allocating like you always have been for Bitcoin because, you know, when this thing goes parabolic, you're going to be frantically <laughs> throwing everything at it. Uh, it. It You just don't want, and trust me, I know what this feels like. You don't want to be the person that didn't buy enough or didn't have enough uh, to cheer this thing on, <laughs> right? Uh, so just be, be, be aware of that, I will say. Uh, the other thing I want to say here in Future Predictions is I want to talk Litecoin uh, because a lot of people will say, oh, Car, you always talk in Bitcoin, but you never say anything about Litecoin or Dash or even Monero for that matter or anything like that or even Bitcoin Cash. And, you know, for the vast majority of of my time in this space, I've always said, you know, when it came to Bitcoin, that's a store of value. That's what I want. And when it comes to these other cryptocurrencies, it's really hard for me to allocate for them. I think in the past I've allocated for uh, Decred and, and that was a good safe bet for me. Um, but as far as now, I really don't see much allocation for Bitcoin Cash other than what I what I have from the fork when it happens. So it's just, I just have it there. Have I converted into Bitcoin? No, I just leave it in Bitcoin Cash because I'm like, worst case scenario, was it gonna have a hedge? Yes fine, I'll leave it there, right? I, I don't consider it a bad thing. <laughs> as far as uh, Litecoin and Monero, Monero for me has a uh, public <laughs> problem, you know, and, and I know this firsthand because I, I work as this administrator. And so I see the Monero miners attack a server and I'm just like, gosh, man, this is bad. <laughs> like, this is really bad. Uh, we get all sorts of alerts. So yeah, that just paints a bad picture for Monero. Uh, do I understand how important privacy is and why we need a privacy coin? Absolutely. Uh, but do I see the the obvious when it comes to Monero and why adoption is going to be hard for it? Yes, I do. Uh, and that's one of the reasons. Do I think it'll go up in value? I think everything will go up in value <laughs> when when the bull market you know takes hold. So that's why I don't really talk about those. Dash, I, I think Dash for me, it's just... A token I really never dived into. I came in after 2015, so maybe if I had come in before 2015, I would appreciate Dash a little bit more. So that leads me to Litecoin. Now, I've always said that Litecoin has probably the biggest competition, and that is with uh, Bitcoin Cash. I'm going to hold Bitcoin, right, because this is exactly <laughs> where I want to store my wealth on. I think Bitcoin long term just makes the most sense. I think in the future, I think when we do get to this decentralized future where we are using, you know, other cryptocurrencies to pay and when they allow you to pay in any cryptocurrency, I think Litecoin and I think uh, Bitcoin Cash are going to be probably the two that have a future in that. Right. And that's not taking anything away from Lightning Network or what. Bitcoin second layer is going to do. I think that's still going to be a thing, but I think that's going to be a thing for regular uh, consumers in the future. I think consumers are going to be utilizing the Lightning Network and they're not going to process anything on chain. I think the hardcore Bitcoiners and cryptocurrency holders are still going to process on chain. And me personally, I could see myself using Litecoin for, for that. Do I see Litecoin as having a better future than Bitcoin Cash? I think so. I think so. And the reason I say that is Charlie Lee, man, this guy is he's relentless. <laughs> I don't think people appreciate just how much this guy hustles. 
Um, yes, we know he's like one of the few developers in the Litecoin Foundation. And yes, we know that he pretty much dumped on everybody <laughs> in 20, was it 2017 when he dumped on everybody where he sold at the top? Uh, but at, at that point, you have to, at a certain time, you have to say, okay, cool. Have we, have we fallen back down to its, uh, you know, its value, which was at $28 here in December, 2018. Yes. It really fell down pretty bad. Um, it's priced right now at $48. Uh, do I think this is another good time to get into Litecoin? I think so. This is where it's good to take the contrarian view. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so I, I do think there will be a point where when Bitcoin gets above a certain threshold, whether that's 20K or even, um, you know, 15K or 17K here in the next six months, I think there's going to be transaction costs that are going to stifle the network. People are not going to want to pay those fees, right? Um, myself included, I'm not going to want to do that. Um, so what I'm going to be using, the same thing that I used in 2017, is I use a lot of Litecoin. <laughs> so if Bitcoin does fall, you know, tomorrow or, or the next day, um, Litecoin should fall as well too, and we should get a really good price. And at that point, we'll pick up some Litecoin. And if it doesn't fall, I'm gonna pick some up. If it's under $50, I'm gonna pick up some Litecoin. Because ultimately, I think this is a good time to get into Litecoin when Mimblewimble's testnet gets released later this month, because Charlie is implementing that onto, uh, onto Litecoin. We will we will start seeing just how much privacy is going to be playing a role for this market, you know, and I think these existing privacy coins like Monero and Zcash, you know, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how how they'll be stacked up against it, because I know this privacy protocol, Mimblewimble, is going to help shield identities of holders and senders and recipients, but it also improves the networking processing capacity as well, too. So. Let's see how this testnet booms here for September. Then after that, I can see enthusiasm getting generated here in the uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin space as it starts going higher. And like I said, I, I, I really do think Litecoin is going to get to this 1K range here at the next Bitcoin um, peak, right? So if Bitcoin goes to 48, 50K or whatever it's supposed to be headed to here in this next run, I think we're going to see equally Litecoin go to at least $1,000. I don't think that's a far-fetched, you know, projection. I think I think other people would agree as well too. Because uh, at the end of the day, um, whether people like it or not, and, you know, I've come to just come to accept it after, over time is uh, it's going to stick around. Yes, it's a copy of Bitcoin, um, but them implementing Mimblewimbo makes it much less of a copy these days. And so I think Charlie knows that. And I think uh, privacy is going to be a big thing in the future. And people already have have trust in Litecoin. So we'll see how that shakes out. But I do think that is a, a play right now that I'm willing to make and we'll see how it pays off. But honestly, I should state this. The only reason I'm able to make this play is because I reallocated enough to Bitcoin. I think if you haven't allocated enough, I don't think you should be doing something like this. This would be crazy. Let Carr do it. <laughs> Let him fail. Um, but I do think Mimblewimble being added to Litecoin and Litecoin being priced at where it's at right now, I can see a significant increase uh, here in the next you know six months, especially if its first major test is to $300. I think you can get there. You also have to remember that Litecoin is implemented everywhere. There's a lot of payment processors that already accept it. So Litecoin has already won 
in that aspect. So a lot of these other uh, cryptocurrencies like Zcash and Monero just don't have that, that, that throughput already, right? And so their relationships that are already built with Litecoin. So by them just implementing this privacy feature uh, is a win in, in many respects. So I think, yeah, I do think there is going to be some value there for Litecoin now headed into this next bull run. At least that's my contrarian view. is a uh, interesting title for this Thriller Insights, you know, and that's kind of what I want to do here. I want to make sure I give you guys both aspects of this Bitcoin and crypto space so that way you can make really good decisions on where you're going to be allocating next, right, or, or what you want to do. I'd rather just give you all the information, all the facts, and let y'all make the decisions than, you know, say it's going to be this and this is how it's going to be because no one knows for certain, right? We can make, we can place these bets and I can give you my point of view of why I think it's this way, but we don't know for certain. So it's just better to have all those facts and all that information laid out for you. I think at the end of the day, it's the longer and, and, and more tuned you become and, and you stay in this space and you start seeing how markets react, especially during a downtrend like this, you start realizing that uh, the amount of people holding Bitcoin and how even though the market may have a downturn, they'll continue to hold Bitcoin because they see that it has true value and that just gets stronger over time. See you all next time.